0: This is the Oanda Podcast. This is the Oanda Market Insights Podcast, talking to Oanda senior market analysts across the world. Let's talk to Craig Earlham in London. Good afternoon, Craig.
1: Good afternoon. How are you?
0: Very well, thanks. Since we last spoke, the pound has fallen to a record low against the dollar as markets reacted to the UK's biggest tax cuts, in 50 years following Chancellor Kwasi Kwarteng's mini-budget on Friday. Yesterday, we saw sterling fall to one zero three against the dollar. It has regained some ground to stand at one zero eight, but all the questions are whether or not the Bank of England is going to have to call an emergency meeting and raise rates much sooner than expected. It's pretty turbulent out there, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's been an extraordinary few trading sessions as far as the UK is concerned we've had that mini budget which was anything but in reality we've had a record low in sterling we weren't trading too far from those levels but to see sterling plummet more than five percent against the dollar in asia trade at the start of play on monday really was an eye-opener at the start of the week and prompted a lot of speculation about whether we were going to see intervention either from the bank of england or a policy reversal from the uk government so far we've seen neither there was a lot of speculation yesterday that we could get an emergency announcement from the bank of england and that did come around 5 pm but let's face they basically said nothing. We're ready to act if necessary, but we're probably not going to act until the next policy meeting at the start of November, when we're armed with new economic projections and details about the mini budget, or which was anything but from the bank, from the from the UK government. It was a lot of nothing, really, in terms of the response uh, following the, what we saw in the financial markets, and that turbulence has really carried over. Because of the lack of a fiscal or monetary response to what we've seen now the pound has stabilized a little bit today but that's more on the expectation that there is going to be a response forthcoming the Markets yesterday at one point we we're pricing in a 2% interest rate hike by the next meeting at the start of November. That's incredible in terms of the scale of rate hikes, considering we've been talking about supersized rate hike from some other central banks being 75 basis points, so 0.75%. A 2% rate hike because of this mini budget that was announced on Friday and the scale of tightening that was needed in order to deal. Uh, With that kind of fiscal injection. It really is a quite remarkable time And I think that's one of the reasons why we're seeing the pound stabilized today It's this belief that well the Bank of England said it's not intervening at this point but an intervention is ultimately going to be necessary way before that meeting in November if the markets are going to remain relatively stable or like say a government u-turn and you just hope that one of the two and hopefully it's going to be a government u-turn on some of these policies is going to be forthcoming because the uk economy was facing a turbulent period as it is and uh, now it's uh, facing an extremely turbulent period and there's, there's a lot of voices very much criticizing the policy that's been enacted by the uk government
0: it looks like a potential basket case at the moment craig and reminds me a little of 1992 when we were in the erm and uh, rates were shooting up as fast as uh, as anything and uh, you know at one point they were talking about 15 percent rates they came down to 12 Uh, we left the erm it's not that dissimilar for generations it's always the conservative party that can be trusted with the uk economy rather than the labor party the opposite seems to be true here without getting too political. The likes of Liz Truss and Kwasi Kwarteng just seem to be completely out of their depth here.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's what the Conservatives like to tell us, right? We are the responsible ones with the economy, Conservative in name and nature. And in reality, what we're seeing uh, is quite the opposite. It seems to be an extremely desperate move. I'm not sure exactly who it is that they are trying to appease. They're very much rolling the dice with the economy, maybe with an eye on the election in two years' time. And that's where the criticism is coming. It's this idea that it's not necessarily that all of the policy measures that you've announced are bad for the economy. They're bad for the economy now because inflation is already at 10% and the Bank of England is already raising rates aggressively. We're at that point where rates are getting to a point when it's going to become extremely damaging for the mortgage market and therefore for households all around the country when they're forced to remortgage. And that is the difficulty. That's why people can't understand why these policies are being announced at this point in time and why so much criticism is being levied at the uk government this isn't a political issue this is a policy issue that is why many people are not afraid to give their verdict on what is being announced because the hope i guess for many people is that if the criticism continues and if the pressure mounts then we will see some form of reversal because the level of government borrowing that's going to be needed in order to enact these at a time when interest rates are rising very aggressively and government debt is already around 100 percent of gdp because of the policy measures that needed to be enacted during the pandemic none of this just adds up and That is the fear now is that there's a lot of talk at the minute that the uk is almost behaving like an emerging market and that the currency is behaving like an emerging market currency none of these is what we want to hear none of these is what we need to hear at this point in time the bank of england could potentially arrest this in the short term with a big policy intervention but ultimately the ones who are in firm control of this is the uk government it's whether they can take the hit to their pride and announce some form of policy reversal in order to get people, the public, economists and the markets back on board. So at this point in time, they seem to have lost the faith uh, of all of the above and they've only been in power less than a month.
0: And we're getting a lot of market watchers forecasting interest rates could reach 5.5% or even higher by next spring. I mean, you talked about borrowing. The vast amount of the borrowing, though... Is actually on the drive to keep down energy bills, 150 billion, I think it was. The tax cuts from last week are 45 billion in that package he announced. But you can't do very much about the uh, energy bill uh, in terms of those subsidies, unless, of course, you get a windfall tax. That would be another U turn, of course. Well that's the
1: thing, it's all of the policy measures combined as opposed to individual pieces. By reversing the windfall tax, that was a source of revenue. By implementing tax cuts, it means a loss of revenue, and so on and so forth. And the problem is, a lot of these measures are implemented in order to try and stoke demand in order to try and support the economy. But the the problem is, the economy is not suffering as from a lack of demand. The economy is suffering... From a lack of supply the economy is suffering because of red hot demand effectively and you're seeing tightness in various areas of the economy and that's contributing to the uh, higher levels of inflation we know that a lot of inflation is coming from external sources but the reason why it's becoming so sticky and ingrained within the economy and leading to things like higher wages is because the labor market is so tight for example None of these measures announced by the UK government is going to alleviate those pressures, which is why it's the Bank of England who are already having to raise rates very aggressively to deal with these imbalances within the economy. You're making their job even harder, which means they're going to have to raise rates much faster. So even where households are going to benefit from certain tax cuts, etc., they're actually going to be hit harder by when they have to remortgage, for example. And interest rates above 5% becomes extremely problematic for many households when they see what their remortgage rates are going to be, and therefore what their monthly repayments are going to be. You can put a bit of money back in people's pockets with tax cuts, but when when people have to remortgage and they see how much more they're paying every month, then it becomes a massive problem. It becomes a massive drain on the economy. So you've got to ask yourself, who actually benefits from all of these measures being enacted? The markets will tolerate emergency measures on energy bills because the devastating effects to the economy of not taking those measures more than offsets the cost of enacting those policies. The markets were very understanding of the pandemic relief, for example. not all of these policies and far from it are actually necessary they've been enacted because of an ideology rather than because of an economic need
0: Craig it's not just the UK which is struggling with its currency the Japanese are having big problems as well of course we saw last week's intervention from the Ministry of Finance but we're now seeing uh, more action around uh, Japanese yields
1: Yes, the Bank of Japan having to buy bonds once more in order to protect its yield curve control policy tool. This is something which has been done on a number of occasions uh, since it uh, announced its yield curve control policy. That is to keep JGB's 10 year at around 0%. It offers a 25% basis point buffer on either side. So if Japanese 10-year yields get up to 0.25% and gets to the top of that range, they then buy government bonds in the market at 0.25% in order to drive that yield back down and try and control it. Now, it's had to intervene multiple times as part of that tool over recent months in particular but what is important about this is every time it intervenes it's effectively doing quantitative easing and quantitative easing is monetary easing which typically weakens the yen so you've almost got the ministry of finance and the bank of japan continuing to now battle against each other because the ministry of finance is going in to support the yen in the fx markets and then the bank of japan because of the performance of uh, yields across the globe uh, lifting its yield is then intervening to support the Japanese bonds at the expense of the yen. And this is you're in this kind of doom loop situation where you've got these competing forces that are going to have to continue to compete against each other until these markets settle down and we reach peak yields uh, around the world. We may be a little bit away from that at this point in time, so we may see ongoing intervention on both parts in order to try and support both types of policy Measures so it's quite interesting to see intervention on this scale uh, from both the Ministry of Finance to support the yen, but also at the same time, the Bank of Japan to support yields at the expense of the currency. So, UK is not the only one suffering a currency crisis of sorts right now. The only difference is, while Japan is suffering a currency crisis because of a yield differential because the Bank of Japan can't achieve its sustained 2% inflation target. It doesn't have a bad inflation problem like most of the rest of the world. From the UK's perspective, it's more of a self-inflicted wound because of ideological policy tools which are being announced by the government. Uh, This is uh, an interesting thing that we are seeing unfold here because countries around the world, other countries uh, outside of these two even, are also uh, seeing their currencies suffer. You look at China, for example, which is trying to manage its currency movements as well. This is one of the problems with the dollar trading at these all-time highs, is that that means it's coming at the expense of other currencies to differing degrees. And it's going to be interesting to see how this continues to unfold over the next couple of months as we move towards peak inflation and peak
0: yields. Finally, Craig, we're seeing big rises in Bitcoin. What's happening there? 5% I think the last time I looked.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're seeing a partial rebound across the broader financial markets, very small in comparison, but Bitcoin really is outperforming here. We've talked a lot recently about the fact that Bitcoin has shown remarkable resilience around this kind of 17,500 to 8,500 level. It's where it's continually running support over the course of summer months and now we're seeing outperform the broader markets now i'm sure there's going to be people who are going to look to this and say you know what amidst all this market turmoil is it showing safe haven qualities or is it showing this idea of bitcoin being the kind of future and it's now starting to benefit from the turmoil that we're seeing in the pound and in the yen and in the yuan. I don't really think that's what we're seeing here, to be quite honest. We have seen resilience around these levels, but the Nasdaq is projected to open up around 1.5%. We do tend to see more extravagant moves in Bitcoin compared to others. So I do think this is probably more just a slight improvement in risk appetite. I do still think the pressure could potentially remain on it over the short term, because I think risk appetite is going to struggle to improve in any considerable way in the current environment. But it is impressive to see how much resilience it has shown over the course of the last two weeks amidst everything that has happened and how strong the rebound has been today so i certainly think it's one to watch how well it's performing compared to other risk assets considering it is widely viewed as kind of the ultimate risk asset in this turbulent time it's actually performed relatively well considering that title hold so certainly
0: one to watch okay craig thanks very much for joining us today we'll speak to you again soon thank you this is the oanda podcast